Hey guys, welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast with Josh and Danielle, where we talk about our marriage, family, and the everyday stuff that we all face. We don't always agree on everything, and we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we know that God does. We're so glad you're here. Episode number two. Welcome back. I feel like this is kind of a, a milestone accomplishment for us. Yeah, we not only survived our first podcast, we made it to episode two. We finished recording episode one without any or too much argument. <laughs> too much. Episode number two is... Uh, is To be determined. To be determined, yes. We have had <laughs> many <laughs> wonderful discussions regarding the podcast today I'll be very I'll, I'll be measured with my words I think what is that supposed to mean um I think you know <laughs> what it means we we did not at first agree on the direction that this podcast should take but I think we've come to a happy compromise yeah we're here we're here and you're here and so thanks so much for joining us on the He Said, She Said podcast this week. Hey, if you could do us a favor this week, we would love for you um, to just make sure you're not missing out on anything that the podcast has to offer from week to week. And so um, we want to do a Facebook page for you. And so if you don't mind, go follow the Facebook page at some point this week. It's facebook.com forward slash the He Said, She Said podcast. I know that's super long, but uh, all the other ones were taken. Nice. So we are going with the He Said, She Said podcast. Yeah. So go find it and subscribe there and you'll get um, weekly updates and um, just hopefully some some fun things to lighten up your Facebook feed as well. And then if you could do us one other favor, um, we would love for the podcast just to reach more people, just to be able to have a broader impact. And so you could help us out by just taking a moment to review um, the podcast and even leave a, a, um, a, a review where you write about your experience with the podcast, as long as it's a good one. Right. Well, I mean, we're interested in honesty, but... <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. We, we... <laughs> we're not interested in honesty. <laughs> Just make us sound good. No, honestly, if you could help us out in those ways, we, we'd love to... Um, see those reviews and to just be able to get the podcast to be able to have a wider reach in the world. Listen, if I reviewed our podcast, I don't I don't know about you guys, but when you hear a recording of your own voice, I mean, I feel like that sounds like nails on a chalkboard. And last week I was like, oh my, I need to avoid vocal fry and being in my lower register. So I'm going to talk like this the whole time. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh man. That was rough. Like, <laughs> I actually love my own voice. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I am sure I'm you do. I'm just kidding. I actually don't like listening to myself on the radio or on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you were on the radio? I, I've, never been, I've never been on the radio, but I have heard myself talk on the podcast now, and I have heard myself talk in church and on other recordings, and I don't honestly enjoy listening to my own voice. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not listening to a word that you're saying. <laughs> I do not remember the last time I laughed so hard 
I'm crying. I honestly wish you could have seen her in the <laughs> studio here because she just about fell out of her chair. I really did. No, I really did. And then when I, and he cut away and I was like, no, don't shut it off. He cut away. He came back and then he's trying to like clap us into and he's all like, <laughs> like he can't even. He can't even. I'm okay. sorry. You had to be there. Anyways. We have regained our composure. This was Valentine's. It is Valentine's week. Yes, it is. And I know, <clears throat> based upon comments from people that I came into contact with, everybody is wondering, what did Josh do for you for Valentine's Day this year? Okay, before you go any further. Nope. I nope, just want, I'm gonna nope on, nope hang. I'm gonna tell them. Okay, you can I'm tell, gonna them, tell them what you did. I he want gave the me ladies a hug. just a second. Wait, I ladies, at this point for the next two minutes or so of the podcast, just go ahead and turn the podcast off <laughs> because I don't want you to have too high of expectations for your husbands. <laughs> I've set the bar incredibly high. So husbands, if you're listening with your wives, just go ahead and turn this off for the next two minutes. <clears throat> Ladies, on Valentine's Day morning, he pulled me into his arms. And so romantic. And said with coffee breath in my face. I had not even had a cup of coffee yet when I said this. I don't know why you had coffee breath then. I did not have coffee breath. I had just brushed my teeth. It is not true. He said, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> that, my friends, is what I got on Valentine's Day for Valentine's Day. This was after the discussion of first thing in the morning when we first woke up. <clears throat> so when are we celebrating Valentine's Day? On Valentine's Day, he said this to me. <laughs> okay. And then before we left for church, he pulled me into, and you had had coffee. Trust me, I was there. <laughs> he pulled me into his arms, and he said, happy Valentine's Day. All right. To be fair, though, Valentine's Day was on a Sunday, which made it very difficult for us to celebrate on that day. And if any of you have children, you know that it, it just adds another layer of complication to being able to properly celebrate with your spouse. So the plan was for us to celebrate Valentine's Day on a day other than Valentine's Day. Yes, I believe that was your plan. <laughs> okay, but tell them what happened on Monday when we actually celebrated Valentine's Day. Um, on Monday, I threw us a Valentine's Day party. I... Um, Usually do that with my kids. I have four boys. You all know that. And so I don't get to do fun girly things ever, never, at my house, except on Valentine's Day. I get t I got a tablecloth, and I usually do this. I got a tablecloth. I got all the cute little paper products and hung up some decorations and put candles on the table and made one of their favorite meals. I made cupcakes with little heart sprinkles on them. And I had already bought them all little Valentines and made everybody a card. Right before we sat down to eat, Josh had to run to the church and <laughs> get something that he had forgotten. And when he came back, he had popped into CVS. You have no idea where I got those flowers or when I got those flowers. Joshua. In all honesty, tell our listeners. Why are you putting me on the spot now? 
because I think that these people deserve honesty. I value honesty. Okay, so where did those flowers come from? Danielle got a dozen roses from me and the boys during our Valentine's party. Where they came from and when I got them matters not. <laughs> it does. You got them right before we sat down to eat and you purchased cards. Now, I will give credit where credit is due. The cards were very nice. But as my friends and I discussed, we need you men to step up. We need you men to step up. Not only because we need you men to step up, but because we have a bunch of boys that are looking at you men. And I will tell you that my boys on the way home from picking them up from a friend's house, I said, I am so excited to see the Valentines you guys got for me. And they looked at each other with like wide eyes like, Oh, mom. Oh, mom. We forgot. Even after I said that to them, they went home and played video games and still did not make me any Valentine's. But they did have a card for you. You went to CVS and you got a card and they signed it. That did happen. That card was, those cards were purchased before that moment that I came back to the church. Really? Yes. I'm super impressed. You should be. I am. Okay, but then you left out the the actual romantic thing that I'm doing for you. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He is, from Valentine's Day until our 15th anniversary, which is 115 days, writing on a card every single day one thing that he loves about me. Day one was my smile, and yesterday was my spontaneity. You could have pushed me over with a feather on that one (laughs) because he does not seem to appreciate my spontaneity in the moment. He likes to say he's a planner. However, there's not a lot of planning actually happening in advance of things. I just don't. He just doesn't like surprises. Yeah. He doesn't well, like last-minute like things. I don't like last-minute things. So it's not necessarily that it has to be planned out or that he necessarily plans it. It's just that he knows what's exactly. going Exactly. I to like be to happening. know what's going to be happening. Therefore, you do not like surprises. Well, I like when you give me surprises, like, oh. you know, gifts and things. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like to be surprised and something to throw a lurch in my schedule that I have in my head. Okay. Does that make sense? That's fair. Okay. That is fair. You want to know what to expect. Now, that was basically our week. There's a lot of things we're talking about this weekend, one of which is this crazy weather. I am freezing right now. I am freezing all of the time. My feet are always cold. My hands are always cold. This insane weather. What is going on? Yeah, we've had snow like every weekend for the past month. And it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It's on the weekends. We never have this much snow. And that's all that anybody's talking about. My kids are super excited for the possibility of virtual school tomorrow. Yeah, okay. So that that let me ask you a question. <clears throat> would you rather, and I know the answer to this, but maybe our listeners would like to know, would you rather, Danielle, have summer or winter? Oh, 100% summertime i was born in the summer i am a summer baby i was born in texas where it's hot and i love summer and i love 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 vacations with the family and at the beach and all things summer i love summer as well my favorite 
uh, almost said holiday. My favorite season, though, is probably fall. Fall. Yeah, it's like, you know, football and uh. the, the, the <laughs> leaves change. I just like fall, although I do like summer, too. I have come to appreciate fall as I've gotten older. But, of course, as a kid, everybody loves summer because you get school off. And I love when my kids are home. I love having my kids home. So I do love summertime. Um, it's just really fun around our house. Hey, real quick, let me go back to our discussion uh, that we were having about Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And I know that all of you ladies are super impressed with my ability to woo my wife. Um, but oh, we yes. would love we would love to hear from you. What was your <clears throat> Valentine's Week experience? Tell us, um, husbands, just what you did wonderfully for this Valentine's Day. I I I could use some ideas <laughs> for the future. Um, yeah, and I would love it if they would give you ideas. I, to be fair, I know we've gone back to the Valentine's Day discussion. We are scheduled, scheduled. Yeah, we the weather might reservations throw a into this. To go out, just the two of us tomorrow night, um, which I'm excited about. I mean, that's one of our favorite things to do. We love to try new places and try different foods and Josh is surprising me and that is also one of my favorite things. I do not know where we're going. I don't know if he intended that to be a surprise, but because I don't know, it's going to be a surprise. So I'm not um, telling you that was on purpose. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He said he arranged a babysitter and he's got it all taken care of. So like I said, credit where credit is due. I'm excited. Thank you. I'm excited for this experience. That is we don't have a lot of things in common, but one of the things that we do have in common is an appreciation for, for food. food. Yeah, we, we really are. Danielle loves it when I say this, so I'm going to go ahead and tell don't. you now. We are foodies. Mm. Um, Danielle loves it when I. I do call not us like foodies. that word. That is so pretentious. <laughs> we are foodies. That's so weird. Anyway, we like food. That's pretty much what it comes down we to. We do like so. food. So, so listen, we were having trouble <clears throat> um, trying to find a way to transition into what we want to talk about today. And I told Danielle before we started recording, I'm just going to tell them. We don't know how to transition, so we're just going into it. And so that's what we're doing. And that's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we are going to transition now. L- last week, we talked about expectations, and so there's a transition for us. We were talking about your Valentine's Day expectations, how I met them and exceeded them wildly. Oh, yes. Every year. Yeah. Um, but this year, especially so, Correct. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyways, we were talking about expectations last week, and I don't know if you remember, uh, but at the end of last week's episode, uh, we said, Danielle, that we were going to talk about um, the biblical expectations that we can place upon ourselves and even um, that we can have for our spouses uh, over the next several episodes, but specifically this week. Right. And then we got together. And, and I said, that kind of changed. Um, nope. we should do this instead. So we're kind of going to touch on it a little bit, but I think that we need to back up um, this week and talk a little bit about the the foundations and the things that we need to be thinking about going into um, marriage and um, the attitudes that we have toward each other. Yeah, and so probably most of the people that are listening to the podcast have been married for at least a a, a little bit of a length of time. why are you making that face? What does that mean? A little, a little bit, bit of a, of length, a of time? length of time. I mean, it, they're they're probably not like newlyweds. Okay. Many of them. 
that's what that Perhaps means. there are a few of you, and congratulations to those of you who are newlyweds. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite. We are happy for you, and thank you again for joining us on the podcast. But um, probably many of us have been married for a little while, and so we, we entered marriage with these assumptions, and maybe we didn't enter marriage with really a firm grasp or understanding of the foundation of marriage. Why did God create marriage? What is marriage a picture of? All of those kind of uh, big life questions. And so um, we want to look at Ephesians 5 today. And in Ephesians 5, we have kind of the quintessential marriage passage throughout Scripture, right? Ephesians 5 at the end of the chapter. And um, we... Paul, as he's writing to the Ephesian believers here, is entering this with the assumption that they kind of have some of the big questions of life figured out. Right. So what are some of those big questions? The big questions of life. I mean, why do we exist? Who are we? Yeah, those are kind of the the two, like typically when you ask somebody, what are some of the big questions of life? Those are two of the first ones that are going to come up. Why am I here? Why do I exist? Who, who really am I? And those questions are answered in scripture. Right. I think of Isaiah 43, 7, and I'll read that. <clears throat> the Bible says, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. The Bible tells us that the reason we were created was for God's glory. Each and every one of us um, was is here on purpose, not by accident. Um, the Bible tells us in Psalm 19:1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. That's talking about creation. That's talking about all of creation. And that includes us. We were made to glorify God. Okay, so that's a big point for not just marriage. I mean, this is a podcast um, that for the first several weeks, we're going to be focusing on marriage, but we want to be able to um, cast the net a little bit wider and focus on um, really many areas of life, right? And so when you think about why we exist, why a person's here, that question is much bigger than just the, the marriage relationship in the marriage context. So the verses you read were were great verses to apply to this question. Another one would be Acts chapter 17, verse 28. It says, For in him we live and move and we have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we also uh, for we are also his offspring. And so why do we exist? I mean this is a this is a deep, deep question that many people don't have answered yet. We know that God wants a relationship with us, right? I mean, John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, why did God give his son? He gave his son so that you could have a personal relationship with him. Romans 5.8, God commendeth his love toward us and that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, those, that's, that's deep stuff there. I know, I know that for those of you that have been in church for a long time, maybe there are some of you that are listening to the podcast that you've never been in church, but that's, that's some, some deep stuff that God loved us so much and loves us so much that he desires a personal relationship and fellowship with us. And so how do we enter into that? Why do we exist? We exist so that we can have a relationship 
with him. And then ultimately so that we can bring him glory. And so let me just share with you just real quick. How do we get a personal relationship with Jesus? How do we get this relationship with God? Well, first of all, we're all sinners. I mean, every one of us have sinned. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I have to recognize in my life that I am a sinner. And then I have to understand and accept that Jesus Christ is the only way for me to get to heaven. So Ephesians 2.8.9, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's God's grace. It's nothing that I deserve, but by grace I'm saved through faith. It's me placing my faith, my trust, my belief in something that I've never seen, but that I know exists. For by grace you save through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so this is something that God has given to me for free. It's not something that I have to work for. In fact, there's nothing that I can do for it. Jesus died on the cross for you, my friend. He died on the cross for me. He died on the cross for Danielle. He died on the cross for the entire world so that we can have a relationship with him. So Paul, as he enters this discussion on marriage here, is making the assumption that these people understand this big life question. Why do I exist? Right. Why do I exist? One, because God wanted me here. Because he loved me. He wanted me here. I'm here to bring him glory. But my sin separates me from God. And if his desire is for us to have a relationship and our sin separates us from him, he had to create a way, um, a bridge, a way for us to have that relationship. And that relationship is Jesus Christ. Um, so yes, we, we were made out of love. We were made to bring him glory. We were made, um, so that we can have a relationship with him and all of that is achieved through the gospel. Yeah. And the gospel, we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but really our marriages ought to be a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so number one, why do they exist? But then the second thing, the second big life question that Danielle mentioned at the beginning is who am I? And I think what we need to understand in marriage and in life in general is who am I in relation to how Jesus Christ sees me? And so most of us want to find our identity in who we are as our vocation or who I am as a dad or who I am as a mom or who I am. You can go down the list. Yeah, we define ourselves by what we do or we can define ourselves by our relationships. You know, you are... Um, a pastor, you teach at uh, Veritas Baptist College, you um, are also a father, and, and all of these things um, encompass who you are. And for myself, I feel like a lot of moms or, you know, wives tend to identify ourselves through our relationships. I am Brayden's mom. I am Josh's wife. I'm a pastor's wife. Um, and so, yeah, we are looking to these outside sources, what we do in our relationships to define who we are. Yeah. And so who does Jesus say we are? That's that's really the question that we need to ask ourselves. And throughout scripture, there's lots of answers to that question. Um, you know, he tells us that we are his servants. He tells us that we are this. This blows my mind every time I think about it. But in the book of John, he tells us that we are his friend. I mean, this is the God of the universe calling me his friend. Right. The very idea that we can have a relationship with our, you know, infinite and powerful, almighty, everlasting God 
is is just incredible that he loves me and he wants that relationship with me. Yeah, and I think that's the key, what you said there at the end, that he wants that relationship with me. It's not just that I can have that relationship. It's that God wants that right. relationship. And that's why he sent me. his son. Right. That's why if, if he didn't, he wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. And so I think of like Romans 12, 1 and 2. Where, uh, again, Paul says in, in the book of Romans, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So here's my identity. I am a child of God's. It's my reasonable service that I submit myself to him and that I allow him to work through me. In verse two, he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what takes place when I accept Christ as my savior, when I enter into that relationship with Jesus. And so listen, if, if you've never experienced that, if you've never accepted Christ as your savior and you'd like to know more, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you about it. But really, as we enter this discussion about um, the biblical roles in marriage of a husband and of a wife individually, um, there's some attention that needs to be given to our relationship with God before we even discuss that relationship. Right. And I think we also need to talk about the purpose of marriage. I mean, I think that that's an important discussion to have. You're going to go into this relationship, but you don't know the purpose of the relationship. And and like we talked about last week, a lot of times people feel like, oh, the purpose of relationship is, is I love that person and they're going to make me happy and I'm going to make them happy. And that's why we have this relationship. But the Bible is very clear. Yeah, that's a big, that's a, a big topic, the purpose of marriage. But if we can kind of contextualize it to this passage that we're talking about in Ephesians chapter 5, what we learn about marriage is that the marriage relationship is really a picture of Jesus Christ's relationship with the church, mm-hmm. right? And so as we, as we work our way through Ephesians 5, what you'll find is that the husband and the wife relationship is a picture of Jesus' relationship with his bride which is the church. In fact, Ephesians 5, verse number 32, Paul says, this is a great mystery, referring to to marriage. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So it clears it up a little bit. It helps us to understand that, okay, this, this, my relationship with my wife, our relationship, Danielle, ought to be a picture of the, the relationship that Jesus has with the church. So in other words, when people look at your marriage, when people look at our marriage, they ought to be able they they ought to be able to see the gospel being lived out through my marriage. And the gospel, we don't have time to talk about this, break it down completely today, but the gospel is so much more than just it is, but it's so much more than just Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you can have a relationship with him. That certainly is the gospel, but there are far greater implications to the gospel in my everyday life as a believer than just that. And so what's the purpose of marriage? Well, the purpose is obviously for a husband and wife to have a relationship with one another, but the purpose is to picture Jesus' relationship with the church as well. And I think if we can grasp that and we can understand that, then that that just in and of itself can revolutionize the way that we look at our own marriages. Absolutely. So, so, you know, we, we've answered these, these big um, questions. We have these big rocks in place. You know, why are we here? Why do we exist? Um, how can we have a relationship with God? And then, um, as the Bible says, 
we're not to be unequally yoked together. So it's two Christians going into a marriage relationship. And, and as these two Christians go into this marriage relationship, they go in understanding the purpose of marriage. And that is a picture um, of as it serves as a picture of the church. And right. it serves as um, a picture of the gospel lived out. Yeah, and so what are some of the expectations? So last week we talked about expectations, and we kind of gave you a teaser at the end of last week's episode saying that we were going to talk about our expectations in marriage. What are the biblical expectations that we can actually bring into marriage? And I think the way that we need to approach that discussion, first of all, is what are the things that I should expect of myself? Because if I come into this relationship constantly focusing on you, Danielle, or for those of you that are listening on your spouse and asking them to live up to expectations, even biblical expectations, then I'm really focusing on the wrong person. Right. We need to turn our focus inward. There, I cannot change Josh. Like, I, the man, y- you know— Be careful what you say here. I'm going to be careful what I say here, but I can't— <laughs> There are things about him, of course, that drive me crazy. There's nothing about me that you want to change. That's what you want to say. That No. I What I'm saying is... <laughs> what you're saying is there's nothing about me that needs to change. What I'm saying is there are so many things about Josh that I would like to change. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'm saying that I am only responsible for myself. I mean... I can only control myself, rather. That's what I'm trying to say. I can only control what I do. I can only control my responses. I cannot control Josh. And I think that is... um, a great way to segue into our next point. Yeah, so so the next thing that I wanted to point out is that, you know, as we get into this discussion in Ephesians 5 on marriage, the way that Paul leads into this is in verse 19. And he says this, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And so really kind of the the one of the key verses to unlocking what Ephesians is all about would be Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 where Paul says I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. And so what's the vocation where, whereby we're called as Christians we're called to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And he reiterates that point in verse number 19 of Ephesians 5 when he says submitting yourselves one another one to another in the fear of God. And so I have to understand that if my expectations should not be on Danielle, I almost said shan't be. Um, I don't know why I ever would have said that. But if my expectations should not be on Danielle and they should be on me, the expectation that I must have for myself is that I am I am submitting myself. And of course, this is for a Christian because once we're saved, we, we receive the Holy Spirit of God. But I'm submitting myself to the control of the Holy Spirit in my life. And when I can submit myself to the Holy Spirit's control in my life, then all of these other things in Ephesians chapter 5 begin to actually work and make sense. So Galatians 5.16 says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. These are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the the things that you want to do. That's a a little paraphrase there. But what Paul is saying in Galatians is that if I'm submitting myself to the Spirit, then the things of the flesh are going to go by the wayside. 
And often what causes conflict, what causes difficulty in marriage? It's the flesh. Absolutely. It's selfishness. Right. You know, I want what I want. I want what I feel like I deserve. And when I don't get it, I'm going to, you know, lash out. Yeah. So that creates a conflict. And if that happens over and over and over again, and I'm living according to the flesh, and I'm constantly looking out for number one, then not only is it going to create conflict, um, you know, singularly one time, but it's going to create a a whole spirit of contention in the marriage itself. Yeah. And and so when I'm not submitted to the spirit, what does it bring? It brings contention. It brings conflict. It brings bitterness. It brings anger. But in Ephesians 5, back over to Ephesians 5, What does it bring when I'm submitted to the Spirit's control in my life? In verse 20, he says this, Ephesians chapter 5, Giving uh, giving thanks always for all things uh, unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what does it bring to me? It brings joy. It brings contentment. It brings peace. And joy is a lasting attribute. It's not happiness which comes and goes based on my emotion, based on my whims. Yeah, based upon your circumstances. You know, it being under the Holy Spirit's control does bring joy. It brings contentment. It brings peace. It allows you to put someone above yourself. That's not natural. That's not, you know, something that I would just do uh in my own, and when I try to do it, when I try to do it in my own flesh, in my own um, strength, I'm not able to. And and my sin just rears its ugly head over and over and over again. We have to be under the Holy Spirit's control. We have to be soft and malleable. When He speaks to us, we need to be listening, and we need to be ready to change. Yeah, so how do we do that? I mean, that's another discussion for another day. Um, but certainly, just to, to start that thought process in your mind, one of the ways we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit's control is by letting go of our will and allowing the Holy Spirit to take, to take hold of that, um, reading God's Word, being daily in God's Word, submitting ourselves to what, what we know as Christians we ought to be doing. Right, and, yeah, and, and I think about the verse that you just read, um, in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, that's, what the, that's what the Bible tells us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transform here is metamorphosis. It's a it's just like what you think about with a, a butterfly and a caterpillar. It's a total change. You can be changed. You can become a new man, as the Bible um, asks us, you know, to strive to, to be a new man, um, to, to be sanctified. Um, and I love that. I love that it says, by the renewing of your mind. The re- renew here has the idea of renovate. And that's that's so poignant to me. You I always want to talk about renovating. I do. Yesterday I would, you said, let's tear apart our bathroom yeah, just out of the random It's on my blue. brain. You know, we all love that. We all love that. Um, I don't know, that Chip and Joe. Oh, of in course. The, Here we in go. In the 30 minutes, we get to watch 
something go from nasty and ugly to beautiful and bright. Or like I remember that old show. What was it called? Uh, Extreme Home Makeover. Oh, uh, yeah. And like we were watching it for what, an hour? And in one hour they renovated this whole house and they moved the bus and it was incredible. Those We love that. We love that before and after kind of an idea. And the Bible tells us that we can have that kind of transformation, that kind of, um, I don't know, that kind of renovation of our mind by submitting to the Holy Spirit, but being in his word. His yeah. word is what does that. Right. And that's a great analogy. I mean, honestly, it's a great picture for us to think about. You know, you you look at a, a bathroom that's been renovated and completely changed. It goes from being something that's disgusting to something beautiful. And that really is a picture of our life after right. after Jesus gets a hold of it. Right. And I think that it's important to remember that that renovation, well, you know, Chip and Joe show might last 30 minutes or Extreme Home Makeover is an hour that's not that's not how our lives are. And you know yeah. what? You have to know that those renovations took a lot longer than an hour or 30 minutes. And that is our life. It And, and we have to be, um, I think, patient with ourselves and with the other person because it's not an overnight thing, but it's a continual, um, I don't know. It's, it's a, a process. It's a continual process. It's a continual continual um process of the holy spirit working in my life through his word that's why being in god's word is so important yeah because that transformation comes through his word and that's a good that's a good point for us to to kind of move into our next uh point here and that is that both of us have to be committed to one another so there's a commitment to the holy spirit's control in my life but then there's also a commitment to uh, to my wife, to my spouse. Uh, we see that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number, uh, really verse number 20, 21. It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And so there's this commitment that I make to my, to my spouse as I am, I'm going to serve her. And I'm going to I'm going to focus on her. So I think of a, a passage in Philippians, Philippians chapter two, verses two and three says, says this, fulfill you my joy that ye be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one, one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Now, that's not a that's not a passage referring to marriage necessarily, but that's how I should view my wife. That's how I should view you, is that you, I'm, I'm going to, to esteem you better than, than myself. Right, and that passage, even though it's not necessarily talking about the marriage relationship, I think that it's important to remember that the person that you're married to isn't just your husband or isn't just your wife, but they're your brother and sister in Christ. Right. Um, so and any passage that speaks about relationships in general is going to apply any biblical principle about, you know, having a relationship with someone else is going to apply to the marriage relationship. You cannot just think of that person in their own special category. They are your brother. They are your sister in Christ. And so any passage that talks about interpersonal relationships is going to be relevant. Um, that that really is a wonderful point. That, because when I remember that, okay, this this person that, I've chosen to do life with is my sister, my brother in Christ. 
um, it kind of changes the way that I'm going to view them and I'm going to treat them. Really? You know, I think about the phrase, um, familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. And I think about, you know, this is the person you're choosing to do life with. This is the person you're closest to. And unfortunately, a lot of times we feel like we can just like let go and and lash out because, you know, well, first of all, we take them for granted. But but secondly, we are we're putting them in their own category, you know, like this is my wife of course she needs to be she needs to do this she needs to do that she needs to listen to what I have to say and this is just who I am and you kind of just open up in a negative way yeah yeah and and when when I treat my spouse in that way um God's not pleased not just because I'm treating my spouse that way but because that is his daughter that is uh, a, a life that he has purchased back, that he has redeemed, that belongs to him. And so when I can remember that, boy, it changes It changes everything. Right. It I think a good verse for us to kind of wrap things up um, here would be Galatians 5.13. Again, not a verse that's specific to marriage, but a verse that is absolutely, as Danielle has pointed out, that is absolutely applicable because it's an, a, a verse on interpersonal relationships. So the Bible says in Galatians 5, 13, um, for brethren, you've been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. And here's really, really where I want us to focus. At the end of this verse, he says this, but by love, serve one another. By love, serve one another. So listen, in your marriage, you, you're, you're a single person coming into a, a relationship now where you two, as the Bible says, are becoming one flesh. By love, serve one another. You have certain liberties that you had when you entered that relationship. You, you have certain liberties that you have as just an individual believer. There are times to limit our liberties. There are times to look upon another person and to take opportunity to serve them. Right. And I think that that looks in marriage, within the context of marriage, um, maybe different than in other relationships. But, and, and it is perhaps way more difficult because of the, the fact that we are together all the time, because we're doing life together, because we have so many points of contact, because we have so many shared experiences. Um, all it's, of them wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 it can be difficult. But the idea here, I think, I think we have to think about the attitude toward marriage, the marriage in general. And that is um, going into it, you have to remember the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. And uh, Proverbs ten twelve especially, I think about the word covers there. It means overwhelms. Do you love your spouse so much? Are you looking to serving them? Are you looking to um, help them and how, and how you can bring them joy? Do you love them so much that it just overwhelms the things that could pop up? And be and create contention. Now that is that's a great picture. It overwhelms, but that's hard. Yeah, that is a hard thing to do. And to, to focus on some to focus on someone's good 
and love them so much that you're willing to, you know, not not let the little things bother you. Right, right. Yeah. Because th that's typically the 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 problematic things, right? They build and they build and they build and they become this big explosion then that takes place in our marriage. But that's a that's a wonderful marriage verse. Love covers a multitude of sins. And so, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we're going to continue this conversation next week. There's so much more that can be said that, that wants to be said. Danielle is giving me the eye roll right now, like stop cutting me off. Uh, <laughs> but we, we got to let you go and we will continue this conversation next week. And so thanks again for joining us. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Listen, if you are out there and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you have questions about that, we would love to have the opportunity to talk to you about that. So join us again next week. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We look forward to continuing this conversation in the future. Thanks for joining us this week on He Said, She Said. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it's been a blessing.